Welcome, BuilderCast listeners, and thank you for listening wherever you are. We're recording together today from a very nice, quiet location called The Living Room, located in Charlotte Park, right off of I-77 exit at Tryon and Billy Graham here in Charlotte. We always like to remind our audience that BuilderCast is created and produced by Carolina's AGC to reach a wider audience in our construction community, to promote the growth and success of our industry, our industry professionals, and our construction families in general. We would like to encourage our listeners to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. So today I'm joined once again by Betsy Bailey, one of BuilderCast's regular hosts. It's so great to see you as always, and thank you for making the drive-in this morning. Betsy is Director of North Carolina Building Division and Government Relations. She leads our efforts on diversity and inclusion. So today's discussion with women in our field is something she is deeply involved in and pushes us in the direction of opportunity and stronger, more inclusive and sustainable workforce. She's been involved in almost all BuilderCast podcasts since we began, so much appreciated, Betsy. We are so glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, In 2020, as you know, we produced a series on how we could attract talent into our workforce and and another series on diversity and inclusion in the construction industry, both being some of the biggest challenges that we face today. And in 2021, about this time last year, uh, we spoke with female pioneers in the industry and heard about how it's unique in its challenges, but also in its opportunities for women. So today we are pleased to have three more women in construction to talk to about their careers. And with that, Betsy, I will let you do their introductions and get us going. Great. Well, thank you, Sharon, uh, for that wonderful introduction. And uh, I am so pleased to be here with three young women uh, that are in the construction field and not just in the construction field, but literally in the field working uh, in different capacities. And so Um, I'm going to um, give them just a very brief introduction, and then I'm going to let them tell you about themselves. So first, we have Catherine Poplin. She is a pre-construction manager for Mashburn Construction Company. So Catherine, we're going to get started with you. Can you tell us just a little bit about what you do? What's a pre-construction manager do? So I manage the pricing efforts for all of our projects. Um, So I'll communicate with subcontractors, review plans, deal with clients, um, and then present numbers. We do design build work as well. So it's kind of managing that process into when we transfer it into production. Um, And then I also do um, project management as well. Um, I'm a little bit different in that aspect. Sometimes you just do one side. Um, so I, I enjoy the challenge of both and it uh, keeps me busy. Yes, and you're in Columbia, correct? Correct. Okay, did you get a any kind of degree to, to like engineering degree? I went to Clemson and got a CSM degree. So um, I actually interned with Mashburn while there. So it's been a great experience with, with Clemson as well as Mashburn. Wonderful. And you've been with Mashburn how long? About 10 years. About 10 years. Okay. Well, congratulations and welcome to Thank our you. podcast. Uh, next, I have Liliana Paez. Yes. And Liliana is with Blythe Construction. She is a field engineer. So Liliana, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Well, uh, I graduated as a civil engineer and already have my master's degree in project management. Uh, as a field engineer, 
uh, I'm constantly outside. Yes. Um, nice. Um, well, I manage a couple of subcontracts right now. I'm working with the asphalt on the, on the project. Um, so I manage about two to three subcontracts. Um, I'm in charge of following up the plans, drawings. I got to follow up with the cost of the project, quantities. Very important to follow up with the quantities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then manage people. You know, I would say that's the hardest part of the work. How many people do you manage? Well, because I'm working with the subcontractors, uh, it just varies. Okay. But normally on a good day, you, you have more than 10 people working out there. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So where did you go to school to get your degree? I graduated in the Dominican Republic. Uh-huh. Um, nice. And then came here and do my master's degree in Florida um, in uh, FIT. Nice. So moved moved from Florida to North Carolina. Correct. Yes. All right. Well, it's we're very happy to a have great you. Great experience. Here. Yes. Good. Yes. Good. Maybe not as hot here as. Oh no! <laughs> I, I, that's something I'm trying to get used to. Cold weather. It's hard. <laughs> yes, because you're out in the field. So. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, welcome. Thank we're, you. We're glad to have you here. And last but certainly not least, we have Jamaica Miller. Uh, Jamaica is with W.B. Moore right here in Charlotte, and she is an apprentice apprentice electrician. So tell us what's involved with being an apprentice. It's a lot of learning. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a lot to learn, really. So on a day-to-day basis, I'm either with my tools on, you know, actually, you know, under someone learning how to do things, picking up the hands-on skills that I need to be an electrician, or even on the job site that my company's at now, I have the privilege of even doing some, like, administrative skills, handling um, some of the documents that is required for the, the contractor and my company and just kind of some safety things. So mm. uh, I get a good balance uh, in the position that I'm in being an apprentice. I love it. <laughs> So how long will you be an apprentice? So the state has, it, it depends, but okay. the state has a four-year apprenticeship program mm-hmm. where it's based really based on the amount of hours you have on the on-the-job training. To become an electrician, uh, where there's three stages to it, and so the limited license for an electrician based off the state, you need, I believe, 4,000 on-the-job hours. That's like two years, mm-hmm. but you can max out 2,000 of those hours with schooling. So I'm in school, and so through Central Piedmont Community College, I'm also an apprentice it's kind of staggered. <laughs> right. It sounds like a lot of work. It can be. It can be. It's a busy schedule, but mm-hmm. like I said, there's a lot to learn. Um, but this is the, the field to learn a lot from, so I love it. That's wonderful. Does WB Moore have any other apprentices there? Yes. Yeah. Actually, okay. every uh, semester, every, you know, with the, the school semester that they follow with the college, we have a, probably a decent amount of uh, students that are into the cohort for the apprenticeship program. Um, I just finished my company's apprenticeship program, and at least in my class, we kind of broke up based off of where you were at. There are at least two other um, workers that worked with me out in the field, which is nice because I get to you know get to know them yeah. outside of work and, and things like that. So nice. And we will talk more later on about apprenticeships and get some other input from Catherine and Liliana as we move forward, but. Um, again, welcome to all of you. Really glad to have you here. I'm so excited to, to see three young women in the construction industry. So that's, that's phenomenal. And as Sharon says, we are, we are pushing at Carolina's HEC to get more women in this industry. So happy to have you guys, uh, with member companies. Um, so we're going to start with you, Catherine, again, sorry to put you always on the spot, but, um, the first question we've got here. 
we're going to talk about um, just growing up and uh, what may have uh, interested you in construction growing up. Was there a particular person or some event, something that happened in your life, uh, perhaps, that you said, I want to be in construction? Okay. Yeah, really, it. my dad did a little bit of residential construction, but I never ever thought about going into the industry. Um, I got accepted into Clemson for business. I was actually headed to Clemson with my dad discussing kind of just the upcoming years and I was a little bit nervous about not having a direct career path outside of school. Um, You know, business is very wide and broad. And he suggested that I actually look into construction. Um, and at that point you can only transfer in every year. So I had a year of exploration that I could do. So I did, um, an ag class at Clemson where I learned to do some welding and some woodworking. Um, we made like things like a can crusher and a dustpan and it just, you know, got me really interested in what you have the capability in doing. Um, so that really just kind of made a big impression on me and made me move forward with transferring into the CSM program. Um, and so that allowed me just to further my skills and do internships through that. Um, mm-hmm. And crazily enough, I've been in the industry since I graduated um, almost 10 years now and uh, loved every minute of it. So you're a strong proponent for the construction management program there at Clemson now. Well, I think the program is great. I definitely don't think it is the only path to get into the industry. Um, I believe I could do what I'm doing now without that degree. And I think it's very important that everyone understands that you've got to evaluate yourself and how you you best learn. And if it's Mm -hmm. in the field doing an apprenticeship or is it going to a community college or literally just starting out, you know, at the very bottom and working your way up. That's usually how everyone, you know, they can do it that way. Right, so, right. Um, but you've got to decide what's best for you. Yeah, and that's important. And of course, you had already started there, so you know that just made sense for you to just transit transition into that program. Correct. Okay. All right. So, um, Liliana. Tell us about yourself in terms of just, you know, what sparked you to go into construction? Uh, Did you think about it when you were younger or not? Yes. Uh, So I actually grew up in an engineering family. Uh, My dad, he's a mechanical engineer. Um, So I grew up between these huge trucks and construction and a lot of movement and a lot of logistics. And I kind of liked it. it. It looked... Uh, you know, huge constructions which which are challenging. So I think that's what caught my eye into the, you know, the mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. It's just um, amazing how we humans can create uh, these huge, amazing projects uh, mm-hmm. from zero, from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So you've both had, both Catherine and Liliana have had family that have been, been in construction residential and I guess your family was doing commercial? a little bit of everything, a bit yeah. of everything. Okay. <laughs> but definitely family ties so we're going to switch over to Jamaica so what about you did you have any family in construction or was there anything in your early early <laughs> life that 
that made you say, wow, I've got to get in the construction industry? Absolutely not. No, okay. there was not a single day in my life where I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an electrician. It, just, <laughs> right. it was not. Growing up, I wanted to be like any any big word that ended with engineer, like that was me. Um, so when it came time to pick a high school, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a physical therapist, you know, to get a two-year degree. This is great. And then I kind of did some soul searching and realizing that what I really wanted was to do something that allowed me to use my hands, but also give back. And so it was around that same time where um, Hurricane Maria had hit Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and disaster relief kind of became my passion. And so I was like, well, people need their houses built and they need electricity. electricity." So um, I decided to pick up a trade. And I was like, well, my goal will be to use that trade to help in disaster relief Mm -hmm. eventually. So that's really my end goal. I kind of had a regular start into the trade. Now that I'm here, I love it. <laughs> I love, you know, what I do as the work that I do and the, the different sides of it. But that was the reason why I joined. It was really my, my passion to give back. I had no one in <laughs> my family wow. being with Well, I love that story because, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it is more, you know, it's very humanitarian. Yeah. Um, but, but electricians are desperately needed. Um, and certainly during disasters when everybody loses their electricity, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that um, very noble of you, for sure. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, you've all had a little bit different paths. Um, so we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit and, and talk about now, Catherine, you brought this up a little bit earlier about you can take any path. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, yours is the path that, everyone needs to take. You don't need a four-year degree. Sometimes you don't even need a two-year associate's degree. Sometimes you don't need any kind of classes at all. You can go right into construction from high school. But um, did, um, I know that you're in, Jamaica, you're in an apprenticeship program now. Tell us how you got into that. That's another funny story. So um, when it came like junior year of high school, so the school district that I, you know, went to high school in, they had a really tight partnership with the community college central piedmont and so pretty much it's called dual enrollment and for the first two periods of my high school day i was a high schooler and then after that i was a college student um so the at that time there was a facility a nonprofit organization called the rock which stands for rebuilding opportunities in construction mm-hmm. um and they focus primarily on teaching these high schoolers from select schools trade classes so all the classes we took we started with like car- carpentry and then we didn't have any welding unfortunately but you know, other <laughs> um construction related classes and that was how i spent my junior and senior year but the classes that we took at the rock were like the building blocks for a certificate that the community college would mm-hmm. offer or if you were to go to a company that offered an apprenticeship program, this was the, the outline, if you will, for the, you know, how you get that certificate. So they were the same classes, the credits transferred, and all that good stuff. So when I graduated from the ROC program and from high school, I had a level one certification in electrical maintenance. And then after that, I registered under the state's apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. And I think the benefit of doing that, um, not that you have to, but the benefit was that it's like it it comes with a team of support. So the college has a a team of people dedicated to workers in the apprenticeship program because it is hard to go to school or to go to work 40 hours a week and then go to school at night. I'm sure y'all can relate to that. So um, having that uh, like automatic support system, make Mm -hmm. sure that you stay on top of things, make sure you don't fall back. It's easier to help you along the way than for you to be like, oh, the semester's over and I'm struggling with this class. So that was a good benefit, and it gave me a lot of opportunities, um, especially with the state. I just won, like, registered apprentice of the year for a state. So that was something that I really never would have done. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. So um, a lot of different opportunities that came from going through the apprenticeship program. I met a lot of great people, a lot of great instructors um, that continue to help me, even though I may have graduated from their class. Right. Yeah. That's great. 
And so you're in an, you were in an apprenticeship, or you are still in it, right? Or you're yes, you, yeah, okay. on the state level, yes. Okay, on the mm-hmm. state level. So Catherine, you talked about internships. So while you were in school, you went, you had an internship with Mashburn. Yep. So Clemson requires 800 hours of experience internships to graduate. So um, I did an internship every summer, and then I actually took a semester off and did more like a four month internship. Um, so I got to see different size companies. Um, it helped me figure out that I really wanted to be with a medium family-owned mm-hmm. company. I wanted to stay in South Carolina. Um, and so with my last inter- internship with Mashburn, that I kind of found that niche with them after kind of experiencing a gamut of companies. Um, and they hired me full-time and been with them since. I just, um, I think it's important as a person for you to experience all different size, mm-hmm. size companies, you know, locations, just so then you can figure out what really works for you. And then hopefully, you know, you stay with that company for a long time and you're not doing this move around that tends to happen sometimes. Right, right. And Liliana, did you have any other kind of like um, experience uh, while you were in school, like an internship or an apprenticeship or any in any kind of work-based learning type program. I've actually had two internships. Okay. Uh, one, when I graduated back in the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. I started working with a vertical construction company. Um, it was hard work. It was really, because back there, we, you know, the company is, they, they produce these um, big hotels and resorts, so they're in a rush all yeah. the time. So I used to work 12 to 14 hours uh, in the administration, you know, administrative part. I, I used to do the budgeting and making sure you had all the drawings in order, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I was out there in the field also looking at, you know, having the correct materials. Everything was, you know, ready for production. So it was it was hard. It was. Mm-hmm. But uh, it kind of gave me the strength uh, to move forward with the with the. Uh, career because mm-hmm. it showed me you know if I can do this and I, this is probably the hardest part of it wow how old were you at that time I was 19 19 and were you in a school at the time I as well? was graduating I was in my last semester mm-hmm. so I was doing kind of my graduation project and then mixed with the internship so mm-hmm. yeah it was it was difficult I gotta say I did I had I didn't have much time to sleep. <laughs> yes, that's a lot of hours to yes, put in. Absolutely. And then the second one was up here when I was doing my master's degree. Um, Florida, um, I, I had a master's degree with with uh, Hubbard Construction mm-hmm. um, on the Disney division. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was fun, <laughs> I got to say. I bet that was fun. What did you get to yeah. do with that? So I was also in the area of asphalt and uh, also the utilities. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I was doing the same as I'm doing right now, just follow up with subcontractors, follow up with the materials. Mm-hmm. It, that's has, that has been my career all the time, like the same kind of. But, you know, you have different situations that call for different um analysis and how to decide on how to face problems so um but yeah it was fun because i i got to be inside disney like every day (laughs) 
even though it was the happiest working. place on earth right? <laughs> it was working but you still have the environment of right. people laughing and everything so it was fun <laughs> did you get like free tickets i the... did not get the chance <laughs> oh. my internship was over before i could oh no yeah. <laughs> i would have uh, yeah it i would have insisted on that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that does sound, that sounds a lot more fun than the, the first one you described oh, yes, with the yeah. hotels. Yes. That sounds very stressful. Um, so the jobs that you're in now, um, you are there, you know, as a female yeah, employee in a construction company. And just that fact alone is sometimes a surprise to people because, you know, we, we do consider construction to be a male-dominated field. But is there anything about the job that you're doing now that has surprised you? And uh, Catherine, I'll start with you. Anything that is surprising that... I think um, what surprised me the most is the amount of psychology it is. Um, I wish I would have had a minor in psychology and um, <laughs> you use it all the time. Uh, it's all about evaluating the situation, understanding who who you're communicating with, and then figuring out how to come to that common goal and work together. And um, managing people is all about how to handle people and what's going on in their lives and what's causing them to do, you know, one thing versus the other. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I didn't expect that, for sure. That's interesting you say that. I guess anytime you work with people, though, you know, you have to, you have, to have those considerations. Um, and I guess, you know, on the other side of that, is there anything that you find, and I'll, I'll ask you, Jamaica, um, about, you know, when people see you, like, out in the field, and, you know, you probably are one of the, the few women that are in the field, um, do they look surprised when, <laughs> when they're working with you? Absolutely, absolutely, especially with me being so young. I mean, I graduated high school, like, Eight months ago, so oh my goodness, um, yeah. I, I knew you looked young, but I yeah, was yeah, that. yeah. Well, I'm I'm 19 now, so you oh, know okay. the the position that she was in, you know that's that's where I'm at now. And I remember there was one time, you know, with uh, this time I'm getting my driver's license, so I went I went from <laughs> straight from from work to the DMV, and I had my tool bag on and like my safety vest. And the guy at the DMV stops the whole line. He's like, "What do you do? <laughs> like, what? Why do you have a tool bag? Is it a purse?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. There's there's tools inside. Like, I'm, I need my ID." <laughs> <laughs> um, so I get that a lot, and out in the field, I actually get a lot more support than I thought I would. Being so young, being a minority and a and a female and stuff like that, it's a lot of guys. They they really you know toot, toot their horse to me. You know what I'm saying? It's it's I appreciate mm -hmm. it. And a lot of times, you I'll see them. They, they struggle to find the balance between should I let her do it or should I help her out? Um, but I appreciate the fact that they even consider the fact. Well, she's capable, but maybe she need help. You know, and so that I'm getting in a really good position. Um, as I try to figure it out, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But I, I guess I could say that it is surprising the amount of support I get. I don't really mm -hmm. have as, as many problems as I thought I would, maybe because of my age. I don't know. But um, as of right now, I think it, things are going pretty smoothly, especially with the feedback I get from my coworkers. Yeah. I kind of think that about my own children. You know, do I let them, you know, do it right. on their own or but risk you know, right. them getting hurt or, right. <laughs> or failing. And yeah. so, yeah, there is, uh, you definitely have to think about that. But um, so Liliana, tell us, do you have a story about anything that a part of your job that, you know, a job that you never expected to do that you've gotten to do, good or bad? Well, I'll be honest. I don't see why people think it's so hard for a woman to be out there. 
is not. And people inside the end industry, they know. But when you go outside the industry, you tend to get this, wow, really? Yeah. Reaction from people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, it's <laughs> not that hard. It's, you just got you just got to do the the effort and and the you know the difference between male and female out there has it has uh improved thank you know thanks to the technology and different positions you can have out there so i don't really have a story about me having issues with with being a woman or young out there people are very supportive you always get uh, mentors, mm-hmm. people who actually care for your growth. So, yeah, that's my story. So it could be another kind of surprise. Like, you know, they asked you to clean out the porta john or something. <laughs> well, I, I did have, I, did have <laughs> I gotta say, there there's that, that part is a little bit hard for women because, you know, you're out there, you got necessities as a woman. You need to be clean, you need to be, yeah. and then you're out there where you have none of those. So I did have one time where I had to, you know, yeah, take care of my female uh, necessities, and there was no restroom, and that was back in the Dominican Republic. So okay, I, got, I had to here? figure it out. Anything here? I mean, you here, have I here? did not have any issues yet. Okay, because I, I have actually heard that from other women that mm-hmm. there are, you know, there are some things that could be done on the job site to make it a little bit more comfortable. Yes, I would agree. We've I would done, definitely agree. When we have more women on a job site, we've tried to do like a, a separate restroom. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, you have a lock on it and it's <laughs> just for the women. Right. Okay. That's um, but, you know, sometimes there's not 20 women on a job site, so there's not the capability to do that. Um, on our job sites, I've gone to, you know, a restaurant that's across the street. Mm-hmm. It just depends. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just make it work. That's what yep. I, I used to do. I just get in the truck and go to, to you know, to the, the closest restroom yeah. that you have. Same. Uh, I did, I did have the experience on, like, like um, she said, she, we had our own restroom, uh, there, our, our own portable, portable restroom. Right. Um, and, but we had to find the lady with the key. Mm. So that was another issue because we we we'd have you know we had to keep it closed with a with a key because uh, if not then mail would yeah. use it and yeah. that's not the point right, right. So, exactly yeah, yeah. It's, it's still a, it, I, I would say that's the biggest struggle you could have okay. out there so I'm hoping Sharon's not gonna edit this part out because <laughs> uh, because honestly I'm serious this is what I have heard from women sometimes mm-hmm. it's so simple you know if to just make somebody comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether it's bringing in another, you know, restroom for you to use or at least making that consideration up front before right. the job starts or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I have heard that a lot. Yep. It's and common, yeah, I would say, yeah. I think it's, it's too common. We are definitely not editing anything from that discussion. Very frank and forthcoming, and we appreciate that so much. I think it's a good note to wrap up on for episode one of this two-part series as we continue to celebrate women in construction with some very inspiring ladies who are building a career and doing it out there on the job site. So thank you so much, Catherine, Liliana, and Jamaica for sharing with us today, and we look forward to next week's episode that will cover more ground on lessons you've learned, surprises, you've had and what's so great about working in the field 
so that you don't miss upcoming episodes of BuilderCast, you should subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you aren't already a member of Carolina's AGC, we'd love to welcome you to the family. You can find out more at www.cagc.org forward slash YCAGC. Y'all stay safe and we'll see you next week.